On today's episode, I interviewed Daniel Watson of Critter One based out of San Antonio, Texas. This is his second time on the podcast. And we talk about the huge opportunity with cross-selling pest control as well as cross-selling wildlife control. I hope you enjoy it. And we were just talking before we started recording about how in certain months, I know for us, July is traditionally slower. And I always have to look at my data. That's probably the best thing about having data is I can look at last year, the year before that, the year before that. And it's kind of like reassuring that, hey, actually, this is normal for it to be a little bit slower in July and even June in some areas for whatever reason. People are vacationing. They're not much uh it's really hot in the attic maybe critters aren't interested in being up there when it's really hot whatever the reason is it's i mean as long as i can remember and i've been doing this uh on the urban side since 08 it's always been slower in the month right during the summer yeah and i mean you made a good point that like you know you're going and blowing from like you know september all the way till june and so of course when you're going and blowing it's like oh, we need this or we need that, buy it, go, you know, whatever, let's go, let's go. And then, yeah, June comes along or July even, you know, for us, it's kind of June, July, August. And it's not crazy, mate, you know, we're still able to pay all the bills, obviously, and make a profit, but it's not the big profits like those other months. And so, yeah, I do the same thing. I go check, a, you know, P the P&L from last year, like, oh, okay, all right, we're still crushing last year, so we're good. But, you know, where's that five grand? Where's that 10 grand? And it's just, you know, I think you hit it on the head. The pool pump's running, the AC's running, people are on vacation, they're outside, they're not hearing the noises. Um, and then obviously during the holiday season is when you get busy because someone's actually staying in that guest room upstairs or, you know, the, the guest room that no one's ever in. And so they're hearing the noises. And so obviously they're going to call. But that was really our main reason. Um, you talk about, you know, uh, wildlife control companies needing to get reoccurring revenue however that can be. And I think we'll get into all the other ones um, later, but the big ones are pest control. I mean, there's not a wildlife control guy out there who hasn't had a customer ask, hey, do y'all take care of bugs, fleas, wasps, uh, bees, whatever kind of bugs, you know? And I remember a ton of times I was like, no, we don't, but we partnered with these companies, you know, called, and well, I wouldn't say all of them, but like whoever was up on the Rolodex, right? Like, hey, we we use this company, call them, they'll do a good job for you. Um, their prices are good, blah, blah. And thinking back now, man, I mean, you once you once you realize how much, you know, just a quarterly treatment costs and then what that is, you know, multiplied annually, uh, a lot of money. A lot of money uh left out there. And you know, obviously it's not all about the money. It's just too that like if you know that you do it, your company's gonna do it, then they're gonna get a good service. You know, and so when you're referring to those other companies, are they getting the, you know, like I like to say, are they getting the critter crew, the critter one service? Who knows? You know, we don't know. Um, and then that could kind of be a reflection of you as well. It's like, hey, man, they said they partnered with these guys. Like they didn't get a text. They didn't text me when they're on the way. Um, I wasn't even home. Do I know Did they even really spray? Um, you know, I don't have cameras on my house. So did they spray? And now I got a bill. Should I pay it? All that stuff, you know? And so that was kind of my um, biggest thing is I knew I needed to get into that pest control for um, those reasons, you know, obviously the revenue and then the service. And then, you know, like you talk a lot about is someday exiting the business. You know, I, I learned from you, um, I think it was a couple of months ago now that, you know, there's some big mergers and acquisitions company out there that are really looking to bring on reoccurring revenue not necessarily so much one-time service stuff obviously they will um but they really love that plug and play you know like if you can show them hey man we you know we do 250k in contract signed pest control customers you know the phone doesn't even have to ring and day one you're gonna be looking at you know quarter million whereas you know obviously you and i can show and you talk to a number of people about it yeah, we do want, you know, one-time service revenue at that much, but the phone's got to ring. So what are we, what are we spending to get that amount? You know, whereas the pest control side, um, you know, you, you get it right off the bat. Another thing that I loved about it is you're essentially curbing the market. 
you know, because if, if they're already your pest control customer without doing the wildlife, if they do end up having wildlife, which, you know, I always tell people, you either, it's kind of like motorcycle drivers, you know, there's some who have been down and those who are going down. So if you haven't had wildlife issues yet, uh, you will, you know, and even if you have, you're probably going to have them again. And so I, um, I believe that if they're already your pest control customer, they're going to call you before they're going to get on Google, Nextdoor app, Facebook, whatever, and, and call because they already know that, hey, that's my guy. That's my pest control guy. Um, you know, and that's why obviously you, you've recommended and a number of wildlife people do it. They have pest control um, companies as a referral source because they just want to spray books and maybe they'll go set some rat traps, do a little bit of foam here and there. Um, but they're not wanting to deal with a 10, 15 pound raccoon <laughs> and their babies, stinky skunks, all that stuff, you know. Um, and so that's why pest control was really appetizing to me. And then really, um, you know, you don't have to hire a certified applicator, a technician, or even apprentice for that matter. Um, I know a lot of the companies out there um, will hire guys on to start as like trap checkers or whatnot, and then they'll put them through the pest control school, make them an apprentice, then a technician. Um, and that is a way to scale it when, you know, you're just getting started. You don't have to foot the bill for a $40,000 salary, you know. Um, you can pay them hourly, so they're only getting paid for, obviously, when they're training and then when they're out spraying. Um, for in, in Texas, um, we're not as strict as some of the other states. So, um, I mean, you want me to get into that, talk about how I got the license and got started with that? or? Yeah, but before we do, okay. I just want, I know a lot of guys out there are very dependent on pest control companies for referrals. I worked for a company like that years ago, and uh, ultimately it probably resulted in their, one of their reasons they failed as a business, uh, went out of business, because a lot of the wildlife control companies, and that was in Jacksonville, Florida, in 08, 09, a lot of those pest control companies that we were getting the referrals from, not to say any names, they ended up doing wildlife control. So we were getting a lot of referrals and then they started doing wildlife control. Well, you know, I was dependent on those referrals for revenue and now it's gone. So I think that's dangerous. You obviously don't want all your eggs in one basket. And even if you have 10 pest control companies referring you, I mean, I don't know if you get the, PMP magazines and the PCT stuff and all that stuff. I mean, they talk about wildlife control all the time. So a lot of these guys that are running small or mid-sized pest businesses, they're seeing that, hey, there's money to be made here. I mean, this has been going on for years. This is nothing new. And if they're not selling wildlife control, it's just a matter of time. And maybe if they're watching this, they're going to be more likely to do it because if you are selling pest control and you're not doing wildlife control, that customer, when they have a raccoon in the attic, they're probably going to go to the internet and they're going to find a wildlife control company. And if that wildlife control company also does pest, there is an unbelievable cross-selling opportunity. And, you know, this is kind of the conversation that we have with our sales guys is, if you are out in a house and that customer did not come from a referral as a pest control company, we can already point out in a nice way, we're going to be respectful, but we can already point out that the pest control company didn't do their job properly because they didn't let you know of all these entry points. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not, maybe it's even, you know, squirrels and those entry points are the same size as rats. So that company that does rats, they don't do squirrels. Well, why didn't they let you know about all these entry points? That's like bringing your car in to get an oil change and they notice that your other fluids are low and they don't say anything. Um, you know, they do that. So why wouldn't they tell you? And maybe the pest control company doesn't do exclusion, but still you're paying a monthly fee or a quarterly fee or whatever it is to have preventative pest control for insects and other stuff, even if you don't do it, 
I feel like you should still train your people to tell the customer, hey, these are other issues. We don't do this. You need to call somebody. And if they haven't done that, well, my guys are going to take advantage of that. Um, and also, if they didn't do other things that they should be doing, wasp nests that are really high up on the house, they never mentioned cobwebs, you know. So when we're out at that house and we're there to sell wildlife control, we're looking. Are there cobwebs that were recently left behind? Are there wasp nests that were never taken down or, or mentioned? Maybe it's too high and they don't go that high. Still, it's a pest problem. You know, you should mention to the customer. So when I walk that customer around and I point out all those issues, um, they're going to start thinking twice about that company that they have out. And guess what? Our company does all of those things. And it's a very easy sale for us to move them over. So we're seeing a lot of that. I don't know if you guys are seeing a lot of that now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and you had mentioned we still do have partnerships with pest control companies. Um, we just we're obviously not sending them our pest control. But I mean, we're still do a great service for um, their customers if they don't want to deal with the, you know, anything besides bugs and rats and mice, you know, and we just it's a note to the sales guy. Hey, don't you know, this has come from a pest control company. They already have a quarterly treatment. There's no need to sell the pest control. Um, however, we do mention that we offer it in case they ever do have a problem and want to go with someone else, they can call us, um, but we're not going in and, and selling it. You know, we don't, it'd be like, you know, I don't know, some, you know, a Mercedes guy going and going to the Hyundai dealership and walking the lot and seeing people looking like, hey, you sure you don't want to buy a Mercedes? You know, like it's just unnecessary. However, people know that, hey, when, when you want one, there's a Mercedes dealership over there too. You know, so it's like that. Um, so we still do have those relationships and we do make sure that we don't step on their toes. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I always say that, hey, if you want to, if y'all want to try to get into wildlife and do what we do, like we're still learning every single day. There's new products, there's new things. I mean, as the, as the industry involves, so do these animals, you know, they figure out different ways to get in um, and and things like that. So I always say, if you want to come and compete, come on, let's see, let's see what you got, you know? Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that about not stepping on their toes. You don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. And one thing I would suggest, if you are getting pest control pearls, and we did this years ago when we started selling pest control, and we had a lot of business, one pest control company in particular was probably giving us over a hundred grand a year in revenue. Um, through subcontracting and referrals. And another one was giving us like 60 or 70 grand a year. So, so I remember one of our sales reps out at one of their customers, they had a wildlife issue. And he said, hey, this customer is really unhappy with the pest service. I can sell it right now. And I said, okay, how much would it be a year? And he was like, $800 or something like that rodent stations and pests in the whole nine yards and i said well if it's not sixty thousand dollars then you're not going to sell it <laughs> he's like what do you mean i said that's how much business they give us so if, if they if they find out that they're referring us and we're going out there and taking their business bye-bye referrals you think they're going to keep referring us i don't think so i said the right thing to do is call the manager at the company let them know Miss Smith is unhappy, and this is what she's unhappy about. You know, you need to address this situation. Hopefully, you guys can can help her out. Um, so, what we did though is when we first started doing it, we reached out to those companies that were referring us, and we let them know. We nipped it in the bud, and we said, "Hey, we're going to be selling pest control. I don't want you guys to be alarmed. We would never, ever, ever solicit to your customers, ever." And if one of our sales guys does, they will be penalized. Um, we're not okay with that. You know, we really appreciate the relationship. We want to continue the relationship. If we're at your customers' homes and we see a pest issue, we're always going to let you know. That way you guys can handle the, those issues. Um, and there might still be things that we don't handle, you know, and we'll be happy to pass over to you. So, you know, I think that's, that's going to probably prevent any problems because if they find out otherwise, 
they might be a little hesitant to send you business in the future. Right. Yes. And that's what we did as well. Um, we called all of them, you know, the girls in the office, they called all of them. And then um, we also send an email. That's how they'll kind of refer back and forth is we just have like a service at Critter One email. And then they have either their office manager or like a service at or sales at whatever. And that's how we usually send over the, the leads um, to each other. And so we sent one of those two. And then, um, you know, they send us enough to where we'll even, we'll even hear every now and then we'll send them like Tiff's treat, you know, like cookies or, um, I'll have this, you know, I split, I split them up between the sales guys. And so they'll even run over there and take them like sodas or ice cream sandwiches, different stuff like that, just to keep that relationship there. And, you know, they don't, they don't bring us any ice cream, but that's okay. We, we don't need any ice cream. We just need customers to take care of and do a good service for. Um, and that's really it. I mean, we, we talked about it the first time I was on here, um, man, you really, all you got to do at the end of the day, you got to work hard. And a lot of hours and all that but um just do what you tell people you're gonna do you know and so if you tell that com that company who's referring literally if you send them out we'll be there with it we'll be there same day or at least not the next day whatever and then no matter what you got to do it you got to do it because if you don't um now that makes them look bad they told hey mrs smith I, we don't handle squirrels but you got to call you know Crit i'm going to give your number to critter one they're going to call and they'll be out here today to at least diagnose the problem, maybe get some traps set, what have you. Um, but if you drop the ball and don't do it, now you made them look bad, you know? And so um, you definitely don't want to do that. I, I think that would almost be as much as, um, you know, stealing their customers because, you know, that's their reputation as well. And I think everybody listening knows your reputation is everything, you know? A one-star review loses a ton of money, whereas a five-star review, no big deal. You got you know, everybody has five-star reviews kind of thing, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, we love our relationships with our pest control guys. Um, we hope to continue to get more and keep the ones that we have um, because a lot of them, they don't, they don't want to deal with the wildlife and that's great and that's fine. Um, you know, they, they're comfortable with the revenue ha they have and, you know, they, they do a lot with, uh, and I just, we just actually got cert certified for termites. Um, I took the test on Monday and passed. So we're going to start doing in inspections, the treats, you know, and I know we talk about, you know, average price, is, you know, in the, in the mid, you know, thousands to two thousands, but uh, man, they go do a termite treatment and they're making the same. And then on top of that, they bill for an annual uh, inspection, you know, right. whether they have to treat or not, they, they charge for the inspection. So there again is a reoccurring for them and then they're getting those big big hit you know 1500 2000 2500 termite treatments to where they're like you you know y'all go play with the raccoons that might be trying to break in and you got a warranty it and all that uh we'll deal with termites and make just as much you know yeah and that's a whole other conversation but there's other ways to incentivize just the recurring part too for right. your sales to make it just as attractive um, um i'm curious to hear if you go out to a house, let's say it's not a pest control referral, it's just they found you online or wherever, and they have raccoons in the attic. We do a lot of raccoon work. I know you guys do too. Um, what kind of pitch are you guys giving that customer to try to get them to bite and buy a pest control plant if they already have one or they don't? Yeah, so we, um, you know, we do a full exclusion service. So we, you know, we we price it out trapping and then whatever needs to be sealed on the home. And then we do, you know, if the insulation is matted or needs to be blown in, we'll, we'll either do a topper or do a full restoration. And then we do a sanitized like disinfectant as well to remove the pheromone smell is how we sell it. And then um, any, you know, feces that could be left behind, it's going to cut down on a lot of that. And so we just, we tell them, you know, these are fur-bearing animals, even rats, squirrels, ringtail cats. I mean, anything in that attic that has fur probably has fleas, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we just sell a flea treatment. We sell an attic flea treatment. Um, and a lot of times that's all we have to do. And then we just set up, we just tell them, okay, we'll call you in three months for your, um, your quarterly treatment. And then we just bill it. We just assume that they're gonna come on as a, as a quarterly pest control after getting the flea treatment done. 
Um, and we've had sometimes, you know, we, I don't mind saying we, we charge three or 250 to do the attic uh, flea treatment. And it's just a dusting product that you just, you fog the attic with it. Um, and it settles down in the insulation on the rafters and kills um, not only the live fleas, but it lays over the egg as well, if there's any eggs, and it'll kill them as they come out. Um, and then if, if that, if they're like, no, I, I, yeah, that's 250, that's, that's quite a bit, then our rebuttal to that is, well, it does include a full interior and exterior general pest control spray as well. Um, and so a lot of times that, you know, just by adding it on, you know, 250, can, you know, if it's a $1,700 job, taking that off in the grand scheme of things, you know, $1,700 to 1450, they're already, you know, it's already over a thousand. So what's the difference of 250? And you're going to make sure there's no fleas and you'll treat the inside and outside. Cause you know, every, every house has, whether you get quarterly treatment or you do it yourself or whatever, there's always, I'm just looking around our office. We spray this like once a month, there's little roly polies, you know, dead in the corner and stuff like that. So it's like everyone, and especially the wife, you know, um, she's the one that's going to be, if, if we're pitching her or both, um, or even him. And he mentions that that's the one thing that they want. The one they're like, the, when are they going to come do the fleet treatment? When are they going to come spray? Like, that's the one that and the disinfectant. They're like, let's make sure that gets done. You know, they're not worried about, you got to seal the hole, get an animal out, blah, blah, blah. They want the cleanup and they want the pest prevention, you know? And so that's what we've done, man. I mean, we started it in May. Here we are, uh, beginning of August. I'd have to look exactly at the numbers. I checked it last Friday, but we've already done, you know, 12 jobs since then. I think we're at about um, a little over 200 customers already of, you know, brought on pest control, reoccurring quarterly um, service. And um, actually five of those are monthly restaurants, um, which are, those are beautiful because they already, you know, they built it into their budget. It's a monthly instead of quarterly. Um, and then those guys too, a lot of times you're, you're, because you're going monthly, there is no retreat. There is no guarantee, you know, there is no um, warranty spot treats because you're building up such a good barrier going monthly um, that you don't, you know, you get it under control. Whereas, you know, there's been a few here and there that we've had to go back um, during the three months, you know, warranty that we give in between the treatments and hit them for, you know, it'd be like uh, fruit flies or carpenter ants, stuff like that. But, you know, you're going to have those, but after they've been with you for a year, you're going to see that, you know, there's, there's no treatments. I mean, you have such a strong barrier built up against those pests that a lot of times you can even just do the outside. You don't even have to go in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you sell it the exact same way that we do. I mean, that's the whole ectoparasites, fleas, ticks, mites, bird mites, you know, whatever bats have parasites. Um, all, all of those can be problematic. So it's a preventative service use an igr and then we come out quarterly we bill monthly we do exterior only unless they have a problem on the inside auto payment required credit card on file required um, if the old lady says i don't have a credit card then we don't do it we have to have a credit card on file you know go get a gift card and put a thousand dollars on it and uh, yeah. give us that card number because we're not going to hunt you down we don't want extra administrative work right auto pay um and one other thing that we're doing that in certain states you can trap rodents on the exterior without a pest control license um and there's other wildlife services that you can also do and set up recurring programs that are beneficial and if you know anything about wildlife and carrying capacity and home ranges and territory sizes you know let's take snakes for example because we've had good success in, in big snake programs for businesses and um even for residential situations if if that property if you go out there and you catch a couple snakes you know by hand the customer says i'm seeing snakes in the yard and you go out there and you catch a couple of snakes snakes are territorial 
so you remove those those snakes what that does is it opens up that territory for other snakes to move into the territory right uh, and they will it might be three or six months later but they will and it's also very unlikely that you're going to catch every snake that's using the property in the short time that you're there um, especially in a residential area you know they're going through multiple properties you know the neighbor two doors down probably has a deck that's not screened off and they're living underneath it and he never goes in the backyard the other neighbor has an overgrown lawn and they're living in there you know maybe there's a preserve area behind the neighborhood so you have a lot of wildlife back there so we found that using that service in areas that we can't do pest control we can still get some recurring revenue set up and people are happy to see it and we found the value is not just in controlling those animals by trapping them the customers like having the peace of mind of knowing this company's on call will go out for free free callbacks if they see something um but also just us being out there on a monthly basis, doing an inspection, checking the traps, checking the house for entry points. You know, usually we've done exclusion at the house. Um, uh, if we screened off the fence to keep snakes from coming through, you know, your venomous snakes usually are climbers. You know, so Texas, I know you guys have rattlesnakes. Um, Alabama, we have you know a lot of copperheads. North Carolina, we have copperheads, a lot of copperheads. So. You know, we do other services to prevent them from getting into the property. That's not always possible. So just having an ongoing trapping service of some sort for whatever the species may be and having a wildlife technician out there monthly. In, in most cases, it's monthly for us if we're doing a monthly trapping. And then they're calling us whenever we have captures. Um, now that's super beneficial in, in getting more recurring revenue. Have you, you guys had success in doing any of that? so um as far as snakes literally what we'll do is we'll either charge one time to go out and get it usually it's like residential um and then we'll piggyback that with doing a, re a repellent around the perimeter of the yard perimeter of the house and then we'll give a a three month guarantee on that to where if they do have a sighting we'll come get it and then maybe do a perimeter retreat again um, and those usually we can we kind of treat those just like our warranty on the exclusion we'll call them back in a year uh or three months six months however long we gave once the warranty's up and offered to do a retreat um and so that that helped you know you don't in texas you don't need a pest control license to spread the snake repellent i mean you can you can buy it at any local um you know home and garden place um we just we charge a premium because we got to go do it and then we're going to warranty that it's going to work you know um and so we that's really all we've really done with snakes is um the repellents and then go remove them at one time so that's definitely something to to look into on maybe doing like a contract deal um to where like you said we'll, we'll put traps and then we'll warranty it one thing that we did do before we had a pest control license as far as trapping is there's a few apartment complexes um some pretty nice resorts here that are like you know hill country resorts and so they are like you're out in the country even though it's in the middle of town so they got little rivers lakes ponds and so they all had problems with skunks or raccoons you know and so we set up a monthly you know for them to have so many traps it was billed monthly and then we also we would we would include so many pickups but then after those pickups it'd be an extra charge and so that was nice because you know they would bill monthly and sometimes we wouldn't even have a catch to go get um and there were some months that we would catch more than we allotted per trap and they would end up being billed on top of that you know and um you know just like anything commercial commercial they kind of have a budget set for different stuff like that it's where you can charge more than you charge a residential family you know and then they also like to kind of have someone that's a go-to you know and so that's how i kind of set it up was hey why don't we just make this a, a an agreement to where you'll get this many traps for this amount and then you'll have this many pickups because you had so many traps and we'll just bill it monthly and then of course if you go over on those then we'll bill it you know after that um and they loved it i mean they we've been doing that for four years now um 
and you know they'll have their maintenance guys go and check the traps for us and then it's just a text you know our our main line can receive text messages now so they'll just text in hey there's a pickup i mean we actually have the hangers on all the trucks have a sticker now so we can just we don't even have to go check in with security we just drive right on pick them up change out the traps and leave um and it works great we don't even run into their guests being like what is in the trap what's going on uh, for the most part we set them away from the main pool areas the restaurants and things like that so they've loved it um so we we are glad to have that going on we you know there's here in san antonio there's a, a river walk and so we've had a couple of hotels down there as well that have wanted us to catch um there's i don't know the technical name but they're we call them river rats they look like beavers but they don't have like the beaver tail they have a rat tail they're like I can't think of that name right now, but probably. Yeah, that's probably it. But man, those things are big and they're they're kind of hard to catch, but we've gotten them. Uh we just figured it out through a bunch of YouTube and Google um to find the different bait and different trapping techniques. But so we've done that for reoccurring and then um you know I actually we <laughs> we 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 never did like, you know, in Texas, you do have to have a pest control license to use the lethal traps or the poison bait stations. And so um, to curb that when we first started and didn't have the pest control license, we wish we used squirrel traps. And so we would live trap, um, you know, if, if a customer is like, they're in my barbecue pit or they're just coming up on my patio and eating the bird seed a lot of that was you know okay well let's remove the bird seed and then you won't have rats because they're just looking for food that or if you don't want them on your patio let's let's move the bird um, feed out towards the fence or out in the tree um you know if if, if you know because we're never going to be able to remove all the rats that are coming for the buffet of um you know bird seed that you have but we did that and then now that we do have a pest control license we'll kind of that'll be like an upsell we'll put um poison bait boxes and we go monitor those quarterly um, for a fee and then of course we obviously charge to set them as well so great but point out is i know that some states the licensed trapper has to be the one to go out and check the trap him or herself um and in some states not all and i'm sure this is going to change over time but you know there are wireless motion sensor cameras out there that will shoot you an email when there's motion in front of it so you put it right in front of your cage your trap and you have that do the work for you so check into your state laws um, we found that some states you can do that and that's a great way in those states to overcome those scenarios where you have to be the one checking the trap, you can still sell recurring in those areas. But again, check with your your state. The other thing I want to talk about that I don't ever hear anybody talking about, and this is going to go pretty deep, but for if you're a pest control company, and me and Dan are not pure play pest control guys, we're wildlife guys that happen to do pest control. But if you're a pest control company, I would assume that you're cost of customer acquisition is probably higher than it is for us because you have more competition in getting those customers. Um, like even if you go to Google and you look at the number of search results, if you search pest control in your city, the result number, you'll see the result number, it's way higher than it is for wildlife removal. So if you're a pest control company and you wanna look for another angle and getting pest control leads it would be to sell wildlife removal because what you're going to end up getting is your competitors customers number one and then also people that just moved and i know there's lots of people moving all over the southeast right now coming from these other states um so you have these people that are just moving in that haven't purchased pest control yet and then you have people that just never have purchased pest control so if you're a pest control company advertising for wildlife or even tweaking your website, your old website that already has great SEO for wildlife, you could probably beat some of the local wildlife companies. And I don't want you to beat me, but you know, whatever. I'm here to help 
everybody. High tide rises all boats. Um, but I know for a fact a lot of pest control companies could probably grow their pest control base a lot faster if they were selling wildlife. And they're going to retain more of those customers because they're not losing them to wildlife companies or other pest companies that are doing wildlife. So that's just another angle to look at it that probably a lot of guys aren't thinking about. And you also mentioned um, earlier about how building up that pest control base will actually help you increase your wildlife leads in the future, which is entirely true. Um, you have a lot of pest control companies or customers, maybe you sold them wildlife work you know, a year ago. I think a lot of our customers, no matter how good you are, they forget the name of the business because we have people, I don't know if you do, but we always have customers of our competitors calling us thinking that we did work at their house. Um, and they're trying to find out and we're looking at our system. And we're like, sorry, we've never, we don't have the warranty, but we're happy to help you. Do you ever have that happen? Man, we, we have it happen all the time. And it was really when it happened a lot was uh, when, you know, Google AdWords started happening back in like 2017, 18, because we would, we would use the competitors as a keyword. So when they would go, you know, because we heard them on the radio or saw their truck or whatever. And so they'd call in and, you know, say, and we would just, back then I was answering the phone and I'd say, um, you know, I wouldn't even correct them. I'd say, sure, yeah, how can I help you? Well, we think we got to, you know, we're hearing noises in the attic. Boom, done. I mean, but if they're like, oh, yeah, y'all were out here last year and uh, we're hearing noises again. Okay, no problem. What's your name, phone number? And then I'd say, and so, and we, we sealed the house off for you and did all the trapping. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. And they're back. They must've broken in. Okay. No problem. I'm looking. Yeah. I couldn't find you here. Are you sure it was critter one? And they're like, oh no, I, I was trying to call blah, blah, blah. You know? And so that, that in and of itself, like you said, can go deep because like, that's a marketing deal. That's a, um, you know, a sales training for whoever's answering your phones to, to, to flip those, you know, if, if they are just calling in for a new, and then also to, even if it's a warranty deal, you know, like, do you know when it was? Cause we know our competitors and when their warranty is up and not, I've had a couple too, that were like, Oh, they were out here, um, last April. And so even if they give a 15 month guarantee, that thing's expired. And so what we tell them is, a lot of times we'll tell them, okay, no problem. We can send someone out to take a look at everything for you. And then if, when, when he comes, if you could show him your, your paperwork, and then I tell my sales guys in the notes of the deal, hey, it's a, it's a warranty, but for another company, it should be expired. Get out there and just act like, you know, it's a whole new deal. And we've been able to flip and, and then show them this is all the stuff that, you know, look, they used foam here or they didn't seal this. This is where I get in. And then we don't knock them over the head. We help them out, you know, but we've been able to flip a lot of those um, customers that went with them uh, back to us, you know. And if anybody follows Critter One on Instagram, I like to poke fun at those guys and, you know, call them the cheaper guys. Um, I know that a lot of times, you know, working with my sales guys, and I'm sure anybody and everybody listening most of the time, whether they go with you or not, it comes down to the price um, ultimately, you know, and if, if you're good at sales and you've got good sales guys and you're, you know, training well, any, but any, if they find enough value in it, they'll pay it, you know? And so that's, that's the sales that we do here compared to like any other sales is you have to build the value in the service, the process, um, the experience, everything like that to where, you know, if it's a few hundred dollars, they're going to pay us more knowing that they're going to get that experience. But if, if it's, you know, we've had some people, it's an $1,800 job and they're like, I got another guy who's going to do it for a thousand. Go with that guy, you know, go with him because we're never going to come down. We don't, we don't even do mat price matching at all because we know the service we give. Um, and how I explain that to my sales guys is you cannot go buy a Mercedes Benz off the lot for the same price as going to buy a Kia or a Hyundai. No offense to anybody that drives a Kia or a Hyundai, they're great cars, but you don't get all the bells and whistles, you know, and that's what we pride ourselves on is we come with the bells and whistles, you know, and so you're going to pay for that um, and you are going to receive it, you know, um, 
And so, yeah, I poke fun at those guys. When we go and we see the foam in there or the the attic vent ripped off or whatever, I always post it up there. And, you know, the keep, keeper yeah, guys kind of deal. We just talked about that. We have a sales meeting every morning, and we've talked about it the past two days of when you instantaneously drop your price to match your competition, you are – Number one, you're telling the customer that the initial price I gave you was complete BS. Right. You're overcharging you because we can get away with charging less. And then number two, just train that customer in the future to get other quotes every time and beat up your price so that you can reduce your price. Yep. So why you would do that, I have no idea. Unless you're stealing all of your equipment and uh, materials and you're not paying taxes and you're not licensed insured and you're running a super lean illegal basically company uh, right. which those do exist um so who knows back to the uh pest control customer base to gain referrals because my customers are likely to forget us no matter how special we are even if we center marketing maybe they remember us but you know, we send them emails or whatever, flyers to the mail occasionally to remind them who we are. But they they are very likely to forget us. So when they have an issue in the future, they are going to know who we are. Guess what? Because they're seeing their card being charged every single month. They can look on their, if they're looking at their card every month, they see our company name is popping up every month. And they know who we are. They know what we did. They're not going to forget that way. Um, and then we're, they're also getting a, you know, a service ticket at the door or an email that we service the property every quarter or every month. So that in itself, not only is it recurring revenue, it's free advertising to the customer yeah. for future issues because they're going to see on their service ticket the services that we offer, the other things that we can do for them, you know, the insulation, the encapsulation, all these different things um, that they might not need right now, gutter cleaning, gutter guards, whatever. And that's a future opportunity for us. So we're, we're advertising those customers every time we service them. And that's going to create a new revenue in the future um, because we're holding on to that customer. So it's, it's so much bigger than just recurring revenue. It's, it's a lot of things. And then you said it earlier, uh, you know, if you have a really small business and you're not trying to build up anything huge and you're comfortable you know, running a $300,000 business. If if I could pick to run a $300,000 one-time service business or a $300,000 recurring service business, I pick the recurring every single time. It is so much easier on the sales side, on the revenue side. If you're doing a good job of retaining those customers, it's gonna be so much less stressful for you each month because you know it's very predictable. I know that generally my revenue is going to be X every month, give or take. A, if I lose five customers, I know I can replace those five or whatever it might be. Um, it's it's just so much simpler. And, uh, you know, if why wouldn't you want to do that? And then on the exit side, it's going to be a lot easier to sell that $300,000 business. And you're going to get more money for it if it is recurring in, in the event you need to move or you hurt yourself and you can't work anymore you know god forbid something happens um it's just going to be way easier to sell that business because if it's a one-time service business and you are the business and you got one guy and you're doing half the work and he's doing half the work i mean we run into this all the time with guys that are trying to sell to us and it's really hard for us to wrap our heads around what they're asking for the business to sell it it just doesn't make sense. There's a lot of risk there when they are going to leave and we don't know if the one employee is going to stay or not. And we know that we're going to have to do other things to keep it rolling. So it's just a, it's a completely different animal, no pun intended. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think even in the different industries, there's no, there's no accident why, you know, I, what comes to mind for me is like insurance. You know, you, you pay your insurance every month. You pay your payroll bill every month. Um, and so those are monthly billed, you know, items that customers, our, our customers are already used to paying. And like you said, it just gets debited out. You know, I mean, 
you know, being business owners, we all know, hey, they're going <laughs> to, the trucks are getting drafted out on this day. The insurance is getting drafted out on this day, you know? And so these people will understand that. And it's just something that happens. And so you make sure there's money in there. So you get them in the, in the process of it, just bill, bill, bill. It's never going to be something that they're like, oh, we need to cut some expenses. Let's cut pest control. You know, it's going to be, let's not go out to eat. Let's not get DoorDash. Let's, <laughs> you know, different stuff like that. Especially, and I don't mean to pick on females, but my wife, she, she doesn't want to see bugs. We got a two-year-old. Um, she doesn't want to see spiders in there, scorpions, any of that, to where we would probably literally, I don't even know what else we would cut. Like cable would be gone, Netflix gone, but we're keeping pest control. You know what I mean? Um, and I just think that that's another, another reason to get into it. And then not to mention that it can be sold to everyone. You know, um, we talk about this a lot in the wildlife industry is people only know about us, care about us and want us if they got something in the attic or in the yard. Um, other than that, we're like the taboo guys, you know, and I like, I like it cause we poke fun at it. I mean, we got 13 bright orange trucks with a big old raccoon in the back window looking at you. Um, and then we'll make our Facebook posts and stuff like that and have funny hashtags to like poke fun at this you know, not so trendy, pretty industry that we're in um, because it's it's fun to do that. But on the pest side, um, you know, the reason there is so much competition is because everybody needs it. You know, um, you talked about going on to Google and there's, I mean, in any metropolitan, like San Antonio, there's 300 plus. And that's just who have Google listings. You know, um, I think if you went and looked in the white pages or did like a Texas Department of Agriculture search, there's probably, you know, um, maybe a thousand on there of one, one shop guys and um, maybe just smaller rural companies that don't need to be on Google necessarily. They already have their clientele and it's all word of mouth and they just go from there. But I think it's something that everybody needs so that the opportunity is endless. You know, um, we talk about like, you're always in Florida, Kyle. And when we had that freeze, you know, I was talking to you like, oh, yeah, it's 80 degrees here. I'm like, yeah, well, no one's on the road here. Like everything's shut down and freezing. Um, but it's just like air conditioner in the south. I mean, look how many AC companies are out there doing millions of dollars, tens of million. Um, still huge merger and acquisitions with that as well. And a lot of times those are one-time service business also. Yeah, they can sell like a, a yearly, a annual like cleanup, duct treatment, things like that. But they're big money tickets are a one-time deal, you know, and it's because everybody needs air conditioner, <laughs> just like everybody does need pest control, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's something that you can sell to anybody, you know, and so that the sky's the limit on it. Whereas wildlife, we can only sell it if there's wild animals, you know? Yeah. If you have, let's say you have 20 friends that are homeowners or business owners, so they're, they're managing properties. Uh, and you have 20 family members, they all live in your city, so there's 40 people, I guarantee you, you could probably sell half of those people on pest control, you know, if they know you pest control. I mean, it's very easy. Why wouldn't they do business with you rather than your competition? Right. Um, that's You can't do that with wildlife control until they have a problem. Uh, and I know for me personally, uh, when I lived in Jacksonville, I remember there used to be this one bar that I used to go to all the time that was actually at a nice hotel down the street from where I lived. And I knew the bartender, so I went there. I'd go there once a week, pretty much every Thursday night and hang out with him and have a couple of drinks. And I would sell uh, other locals that were coming in there to that bar because he would always introduce me. This is Kyle, he runs a pest control business. And we, I would sell people all the time that were coming into the bar because everybody needs it. So, you know, yep. you have a relationship with people, so much easier to sell that. Again, you only sell wildlife control when they have a wildlife problem. Um, I think you should do both. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's it becomes an easy sell when, easier sell when just like you said, you're edified by someone, you know? So, you know, you had talked about um, they see us because the the charging of the card, but then also, you know, 
everybody, anybody who lives in a neighborhood, a car is driving up and down or what's going on with the neighbors, everybody looks out, oh, look, the neighbors are getting a fence. Oh, the neighbors are getting a pool. Um, I know all y'all wildlife guys, when you're out there, you got two trucks pulled up, ladders all over the house, everyone walking their dog, checking the mail, taking the trash out. What are y'all getting? What are y'all trapping? You know, what's going on? And so there is exposure again. And then we have, we do what we call a clover. This is like an old school, like door-to-door -door sales technique. Um, but when my pest control guy goes to a new client, he goes ahead and knocks the neighbor and then the three houses across the street. Um, of course, if it says no soliciting, he'll just leave a flyer. Um, but we picked up people like that too. And then there again is going to help your bottom line and the fact that you got a tighter uh, route. You know, you're not driving... 10, 15 miles between each customer, you know, of course that's gonna happen in the beginning. Like right now we're pretty spread out, but as, as this next year comes, we have these quarterly treatments, we're gonna be able to move to where he's gonna be in one neighborhood area or one zip code in the morning, and then he'll go to the next and then bounce around there. So not only does that help you efficiency wise with the time that he's out there, cause he's an hourly employee, and then the pesticides, you know, he's able to, mix them in his 25 gallon tank, fill up the, the gallon tank, or if we're doing uh, mosquito fogging, fill up the five gallon right there. So he's on and off the property to where instead of, you know, only being able to do like six sprays a day, um, we have it calculated where you should be able to do like 12 to 15, one technician, you know, um, when you can cut down that drive time and then get the efficiency of on and off the property um, nailed down as well, you know. Um, and then what I love about it too, you know, y'all know when you, when you're going to warranty checks, sometimes that, that dang raccoon ripped a hole in the chimney, you know, and how we do it is we, we say, Hey, it's on us. If, if they break in anywhere, we're going to trap, remove and fix it in our guarantee. Um, I know some people in our competitors here, they'll warranty their work only. So if it's a new entry, they'll charge them to fix it. And I think their trapping is included, but you know, so there's money that now comes off of the profit that you had on that job because not only are you sending guys out to do it, there's gas, labor, but then materials. And then now we got to go back again to remove the one way, paint it to match, whatever it has to be. Whereas pest control, they call and say, hey, we're seeing some more bugs. Awesome. No problem. We'll be there tomorrow. You send one guy. He's already on the way into that zip code or whatever. He goes, sprays the outside, inside, done, you know. Um, so your, your warranty work on that is way less than it is on the wildlife side, you know, and it's more forgiven. You know, I think people, they understand I'm always going to have bugs, but they did say, if I see some, I can call them, let me call them. And then the fact that we said that we were going to do that and then we go do it, you know, whereas everyone knows you can't help that mama raccoon trying to get in there and get those babies. You know, she may rip shingles, rip soffits and. You know, it's not technically our fault, but we were the ones that were supposed to fix that, right? And so, you know, it's more of a problem than it was, you know. Yep. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate your time. I think we hit the nail on the head there. Hopefully, if you are a wildlife control company, look into your state laws, try to figure out how to get your license. There's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, if you have... A business in multiple states some states have reciprocity with others where you can easily get certified um, you can hire a certified operator if you're hiring right now for another position they can hold multiple roles they can be a certified operator and a manager or a sales rep or a technician or whatever um, there's so many different ways to do it so uh, you you uh, you never worked for a pest control company or did you I never did. I never worked for a pest control company. I did work for a wildlife uh, control company here for about three months and then, you know, found a bunch of different stuff that they were doing that could be done better. And so I quit and we started this one. But um, you had talked about the law, different laws and regulations for states. So, you know, briefly here in Texas, um, you just you, you got to be a certified applicator to have, hold a business license and you can only be a certified applicator for one business at a time, uh, regardless of like location. Like if I were to open a Critter One pest control out of Austin, I would need to have a certified applicator there in that branch. I could not cover 
both of them. Um, but I mean, just a rundown of how I did it. Um, I, you could call kind of call it lucky, which I think, you know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So we were prepared uh, for this situation that happened, but I had an employee that was, uh, he liked to go coon hunting with dogs. And so he knew an older gentleman who ended up being a retired um, pest control um, applicator. He had his own business um, back in the 80s, uh, mid 90s. He sold it in like 2002 and no, 2005. Uh, so he had it for like, what is that, 35 years and he had just been retired. He sold it. Um, he did stay on with them as the certified applicator until the new owner became an apprentice technician and then tested for his applicator. And so he, he charged for that too, you know, so there's another, uh, you know, exit strategy or when you're retired, if you sell your business, you keep your certified applicator license um, up to date, you could literally contract out your license to other companies um, for a fee, obviously, and then um, show them how to get their license and then leave and do that again. I mean, that's kind of like another side business in and of itself when you were to retire that, and you're not really doing anything, you'll train, but now with technology, you can FaceTime, Zoom. I mean, you can be in the Bahamas and do your weekly meetings or whatever with, with your techs. But, um, so I ended up meeting him and he kind of did that. We brought him on staff. He was a W2 employee. We paid him a certain amount weekly. Um, to train me. So I became apprentice under him. And then I took the technician test with a technician for literally, you have to have it for six months. So like literally the day of my six months, I filed to go take the test um, to be a certified applicator. And so for two years, I just wanted the certified applicator. I didn't care about doing termites, lawn and ornamental, any of those subcategories that you have to test for. I just wanted it so we could kind of have a leg up and be legal to do um, the uh, bait boxes and then the lethal rat traps. But then to tell these, you know, customers that we're selling is, hey, we're licensed by the state of Texas to do this stuff. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but anybody can go grab a catch pole and a live trap and say they're a wildlife removal company, you know? And so yeah. I just wanted to have some type of like credibility to, to um, you know, be, be better than the competition. But then, you know, then it's like, you know, we talked about this whole whole time is just the revenue that you're leaving behind, um, the opportunity that you can create to employ more people um, and grow the business. And then you know that if your company's doing it, they're going to get the best service. You know, um, we don't know what kind of service the other guys give. They say they give great, but we know based on our training process and procedures, the experience and the training and the um, treatment that they're going to get. And so why not offer more services to them, you know? Um, so. I totally agree. And we talked a lot about recurring. There's a lot of one-time services in pest control. We know when you're going out and selling exclusion work, how many times do you see a wasp nest? And in areas where we can't sell it, unfortunately, we basically still have to knock the wasp nest down sometimes to get to roof returns. So we got right. to do it anyways. Right. But you can't sell it legally so you you know i don't know what people do there but like we have a couple guys that are allergic to that kind of stuff yeah um, so you got to be careful about that so you know for us safety is always number one but yeah there's a lot of opportunity there with with knocking down wasps nests honeybees obviously are big in the deep south um a lot of other things so yeah there's there's just so much opportunity it's a, it's a great customer retention tool on both sides. It's a great way to, to build a pest control business is through wildlife control. And a lot of people probably don't think about it that way. Uh, but I do. And I have for a long time. So, Daniel, man, it's always nice to have you on here. Appreciate your time. And of course. All of you for having me. Words. And uh, until next time, y'all have a great one. Okay. Take it easy, Kyle. Thank you. See you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It was brought to you by Conserve. Do you run a wildlife removal business and feel like you have no freedom? You're taking the phone calls, you're doing the services, and you just don't have enough free time for yourself. 
Are you ready to double or triple the size of your company and build a business that can run and grow without you while steadily increasing your profits? Well, Conserve partners with businesses just like yours all over the country, and together we are building a fast-growing business around your goals and lifestyle. We can reduce your operating costs, we can increase your sales, and give you, the owner, more freedom and help you build a business that runs and grows without you. To set up an initial consultation, email us at growth at conservemail.com. That's G-R-O-W-T-H at C-O-N-S-E-R-V-M-A-I-L dot com.